You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, Colt Molesky back here with another Locked On Wolves podcast, of course part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are downloading and subscribing to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and give me five stars, even if you don't think it's a five-star performance. Go ahead and lie to me, uh, boost my self-esteem a little bit. Nobody else is, so you might as well do it for me. And make sure you're downloading on Apple, uh, on Spotify, and on Himalaya. The best place to, to find your podcast really is Himalaya, so make sure you're going and downloading their app, finding your podcast there. Today, we have a very special guest. Zach Noble of the Four Seasons Podcast is joining the show, and if you haven't heard of his show and and what those guys at Four Seasons are doing, then you're doing something wrong. You're not getting the best quality NBA content that you can be and should be getting to prep for the NBA Finals, so make sure you're going and checking out their podcast right afterwards. Zach, thank you so much for joining the show. Super excited to have you on. No, happy to be here. Uh, Nothing I'd rather be doing than... Um, prepping for the NBA Finals, been waiting for it for too long. It seems like I haven't been without basketball this long, and I don't know how long. <laughs> I know you go through withdrawals, right? You, you start itching the skin a little bit. You start you start shaking a little bit. You feel sweaty all the time. You feel uncomfortable all the time, and then finally we're gonna you know, get basketball back. Yeah, no, I'm itching, no doubt. <laughs> so first of all, I wanted to get uh, from you. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your basketball love story. I feel like everybody who talks about this day in and day out, even through like an 82-game season when people are like, you talked about the Suns and the Timberwolves last night. Why would you, why would you ever watch that game? I was just like, why would you not watch that game? You had uh, Jeff Teague get 10 assists. It was great. It was an <laughs> awesome game. I, people look, give me weird looks, and I'm assuming there's been some times where people questioned your NBA fandom and love. So what got you into all this? Yeah, so I get questioned about it every day, honestly, and especially from um, the psychopathic standpoint where I come from. And um, I've been—I'd like to label myself a psychopath from even a young age. Um, for young age, for me, uh, my family always had a basketball hoop, and I don't know—I just fell in love with it at an early age. Um, not sure why I loved the sport at an early age. I like that was the team aspect. Um, mm-hmm. had a had a good jumper at an early age, but why I fell in love with the NBA was pretty simple for me. Um, it's Michael Jordan and KG. Uh, it was right at the time MJ's last few years with the Bulls. Like I remember back to like I was born in 1990. I remember back when I was six, eight years old. One of my strengths I pride myself on is my long term memory. My short term memory eh, <laughs> might be asking me about five years ago. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but long term memory. Um, I remember exactly where I was at like eight years old when Jordan's hitting that shot in 98. And um, my family had season tickets to the Wolves uh, back in 96, I believe we started. Uh, went away for it for a little bit. And then I got to um, 2000 when we started making the playoffs, actually. Um, I can say I've been to every KG playoff game in Minnesota. Wow, uh, nice. Been, been to over 200 games, so yeah, KG's my all-time favorite. Nothing will ever stop me from there, but um, it's it's been a long, long run and definitely depressing for most of it, being a Timberwolves fan, as you can relate. Uh, but as, as to what uh, I love about the game, outside of what got me into it, 
for me, it really comes down to player development. So I've always been a player's guy. Um, my uh, dream job ever since like sixth grade was to be a sports agent. I have a little experience right out of college. I represent players in the NFL draft, just haven't really uh, made it. I've, and uh, I've represented players in other leagues. I've sent players overseas for basketball and whatnot. And um, that's where my love of the business side of things comes in. But um, from a player development side of things, there's nothing more I like about the NBA more than that. Fantastic, and I, I gotta say, you, you tapped right into I think a lot of a lot of people's true love for or at least people who tune into this show with uh, plenty of KG references early on. I know I, for me, I was born '95, so I I started watching basketball when I was like five, six. It was the the tail end of the Jordan career. I saw like Jordan with the Wizards, and so I didn't really get to see the golden yeah. years. But my favorite player was always. KG growing up and I, I loved him and I I remember saying some really crazy stuff about how good Corey Brewer was going to be when they draft right before they they drafted him off of the two title winning Florida Gators teams uh, he played with Joakim Noah and then they traded yeah. KG right away and then after that was that's going to be like the dark ages of Timberwolves history where we just <laughs> choose not to remember it because there's not much worth remembering off those teams but yes I I do love KG and he is probably the reason that I I love sports in general is Kevin Garnett so you you got me with that one right there you got me my feelings so one thing I love it so one thing I like to know when you say people question you know why you're watching just a random Timberwolves or Suns game and um, honestly that's kind of what keeps my sanity is like um, and where that word psychopath stems from uh, honestly for at least the last six to eight years as um, having leaked past, um, I feel like I watch just as much, if not more games than any anybody in the world because um, I'm lucky to have had a girlfriend and wife that allows me to do that as well, but I mean, I stay up, whether I've lived in Boston, living in Kansas City now, I stay up till one, two o'clock watching the West Coast games and I can honestly say I've watched 90% of all teams' games um, in that time period. Um, And I just, I love watching every team and the highs and lows and just the different play styles and understanding the league as a whole. See, I I think that at the, because I got, I started getting league pass when I moved out of the house. Uh, I've been out of college for a year now. When I moved out of the house, that was one of my first purchases as an adult was league pass. Uh, And so, I, I like to give myself an extra couple a uh, couple extra points on the GPA because I think that I shouldn't have that counted against me that I was watching league pass in class uh, and getting a, a few a few maybe questionable grades because of league pass. I think that that should count for me because it shows my my grit throughout an entire 82 season it. for 30 teams. I, I don't know. I, I I feel like a lot of my professors disagree though. <laughs> I love it. Hey, but you got to do what you got to do. We're going to take a break for some sponsors. Then we are going to look at the finals. I want to talk to you about the Lakers, too. But first, let's take a break for some sponsors. Colt Molesky joined by the Four Seasons, Zach Noble. We've been talking about why we love this game, why we go all in every single year. By the way, they're not a sponsor, but League Pass. If you want to ruin your life and your relationships and have no social life whatsoever, League Pass, that's for you. That's what happened to me. Sounds like what happened to Zach, and it can, it can be your life as well. So jump on League Pass next year if you didn't get it this year. Zach, 
I want to talk about the I know the finals are right around the court, but I want to talk about the Lakers first because this has got to be the funniest situation in the NBA. The Lakers, I mean, they make me feel good about a Timberwolves team that has made the playoffs once in the last 15 years, last uh, like 14 seasons. I mean, they make me feel good because I, I can look at my team, I can look at the Timberwolves and say, you know what? At least it's not absolutely crazy. Yeah, so when you say, like, funny, like, yeah, I'm going to say it's funny, too, from a dysfunction standpoint. Uh, and looking at it from a team that's been in misery for majority of its livelihood, I guess, and for the Timberwolves standpoint. But uh, for me, I mean, after listening to the Zach Lowe podcast with Baxter Holmes yesterday, I think everybody needs to listen to that, that cares about, like, the business side of things and Magic Johnson, the history, and it seems like it's a more of a scary situation and um, things aren't uh, that healthy, I guess, over there. I mean, um, everything I'm learning, it's, it's not it's not that great from um, being a respectful and, I guess, uh, educated dysfunction, I guess. Um, it seems to be pretty abusive um, and it doesn't, it looks to be, uh, a little more dangerous than things are making it out to be. Well, maybe I'm a little too cavalier about it, but I, I feel like for a lot of us, for well, for a lot of us, especially, I think it's really relevant to Timberwolves fans too because we just had this where you have one guy in a position biting off more than he can chew, and I think that was something that was classic throughout the entire Lakers organization. I mean, you had Magic Johnson. He was biting off way more than he could chew with his role on the team and trying to trying to build a team. He was not ready for that role. And you've seen LeBron through, throughout multiple seasons. You think, uh, you know what, maybe take a step back. Maybe not try to be the player GM coach. Maybe just, maybe just be the player. Maybe just be the good teammate. Maybe take a step back. I think for a lot of people in for myself too, I, I'm, I'm choosing to see the comedy side of this and not the dark side of it. But for yeah. the comedy side of it, it's a lot of people who you're like, that's probably not a good idea. Finally, getting their hand caught in the cookie jar a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for just a franchise that survives off their past history and their location, which happens to be the greatest in the NBA, and having the sun every day of the year, basically, and. We see it very little in Minnesota. Um, Yeah, it's great to see people suffer in other ways, absolutely. Well, and they're also a team that just can play terrible, can mismanage young players, fall ass backwards into picks, and then still land a top free agent because it's L.A. Like, that's a little annoying as well. Right. Like, Minnesota is never getting a LeBron-type free agent because they're Minnesota. Never. I mean, unless things change in the salary cap and – the CBA and uh, we somehow really, really favor small market teams or Cat just becomes a great recruiter and everybody falls in love with them and maybe we get lucky. I mean, having a guy like Cat definitely boosts our chances and um, I think we're making all the right moves right now. Um, I think we have very likable things happening as an organization. All right, we're, we're going to get to the Timberwolves in a, a second here, but I wanted right. to get your take on the on the finals first. First, I want to get your finals take because I got to tell you what, there are so many people, uh, I mean fans, friends, family members. My grandma texted me the other day, and she was like, Warriors and Four. I was like, do you even watch basketball, Grandma? Holy, <laughs> I did not realize you were watching basketball. Why haven't we been talking about this for a while? Uh, what do you think about the finals 
And my, I guess my question branching off of this is, does any of this matter? Is this the best Toronto team ever? Yeah, so first of all, it is the best Toronto team ever. I would definitely agree to that. It's Thank you. Uh, that, that's a fact. Uh, do I think Toronto has a chance? Yeah, I mean, they, I give, as of right now, the way I see things playing out, I mean, I, I'd say I'd give them about a 20 to 30% chance, but if KD, for some crazy reason, isn't able to come back by game three and misses the entire series, I think it's closer to 40 uh, 45. I think they have a pretty solid chance. Then I, I, I really like their them coming around, and I don't think Danny Green's going to stay in the slump, and that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, I just think their defense is tremendous. This is going to be the best defense Golden State's going to come across, um, and it's not even close in that regard. Uh, they're coming off beating a really good team, and they've had a way tougher path, in my opinion, the last two rounds than the Warriors have. So, oh, sorry, I take that back. I forgot the Warriors played the Rockets. Um, but um, Just a big I, indictment of James Harden out of nowhere, off the top no, shelf. No, Zach. I, I'm a guy. I'm a guy that believes, still believes the Rockets are the second-best team in the NBA. Uh, but the Blazers, on the other hand, um, I don't think they compare to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um or Philadelphia, and that's what I was thinking. Um, but right now, I got the Warriors in six. Uh, where, where are you at? I'm saying seven. I think that oh. I think that there's going to be one or two games where Kawhi being able to guard five positions really messes with them. And you saw this in San Antonio, where there was games where they would just throw him on Curry, and they're like, "Yeah, you know what? Let's." Let's see what happens when we just put a tight, a big camp, a canvas over over the top of your point guard and see see what happens. And while maybe if Durant comes back, that might not throw as big of a wrench into it as it used to. I think right now with the the way they're playing so fast and free flowing, and Curry is such a big part of that without Durant. I, I think that if you have a game like in Game Two, if Kawhi's just like I'm just gonna follow Curry around for 42 minutes. I think that has a, a really big effect. And so I think defensive stuff that they can do like that, I think will account for maybe one, two wins. And I think you're right as well. I, while I don't think the Fred Van Vliet can hang on and keep hitting the shots he's been hitting over the last three games, I do think that Danny Green is going to come out of this slump. I do think that you're going to have a, a game from Kyle Lowry. I think that he's kind of seems like he's gotten his playoff sea legs under him finally. It always takes him like two <laughs> series, but but he's got him it seems. And uh, averaging nine, almost 20 points against the Bucks is no small feat. So, wait, you don't think Fred VanVleet's going to continue to shoot eighty-two percent from three point? Yeah, I know. Hot take, right? I, I, I'm sorry. I guess That's I'm just guy. a doubter. Freddie is uh, fourteen to seventeen in the last three games, and I, I don't see it stopping. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Unconscious. Uh, he's. You know what? He's baby Drake has got the has got the moves. Baby Drake. I was thinking more baby. Baby Freddie. <laughs> he, you know, you know, he had his first son, right? Yeah, and ever since then, yeah. unconscious. Is that because he's just getting no sleep, and so it's like this state of exhaustion that he's locked into, like this different side of himself? Yeah, I was learning about his travel schedule, and he was going back and forth uh, for three nights in a row or something crazy um, from the hospital in Illinois to Toronto and whatnot. So. 
Yeah, he literally didn't get any sleep, and probably because he didn't have time to think about the game and just go through the, the motions, walk in clear-headed, and just went out and did it. Is this yeah. the secret to Fred Van Vliet's success is to surprise him with playoff games? Just don't yeah, tell him when the games are. Just like, hey, we're going to the park. What, wait, what is this? Is this, a, is this a stadium? Yeah, there's a game today. Put on these shoes, quick. Walk in this door. Here, <laughs> here's another doorway. Is it loud in here? No, that's just you. You're crazy. This is not loud. Put, We're going to a movie. Put these, put these plugs in. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, so we'll surprise Fred Van Viet with the finals. We'll tell him it's in uh, in August, not in June. Uh, <laughs> as far as the rest of it, I, I do think the Warriors end up winning, but I think I, I don't know. I, I really feel like I, there's no reason for me to think this, but I really feel like there's going to be a really big Siakam game somewhere in this series. Buried somewhere in this series, there's a big Siakam game. I feel like too, and I think that's going to yeah. account for another win. He hasn't been great uh, throughout the playoffs, but um, he's been good enough to be impactful. Had a great defensive playoffs, and that's been the most important thing. Um, Kawhi's just been so dominant, so nobody's needed to be consistently good. Um, They've just gotten enough out of everybody else, um, and everybody's been great on the defensive side. So um, when games are lower scoring and one guy's dominating, that that can work. That can be a formula. Um, but, yeah, I really think we'll get at least one good Siakam game. Uh, but that, in order for them to win, I think they're going to need at least two of them of him, 23 points or better. Oh, definitely. But, I, I don't know, I, I have confidence. I, I like Siakam a lot. I have confidence in him. I, be, I believe in him. I feel like there's going to be one, one or two games where he sh- hits a couple early threes and that's all it takes, and then he's off to the races. Do you think Gasol's going to continue to get – constant minutes i think he's going to be a tough play here uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting yeah because that's the thing that no team has been able to really be successful at yet right is when it, because the theory is that you should be able to go really big and just bully the warriors and keep them from staying really small no team has actually been able to accomplish that especially in transition and so the, the one advantage they have is they can go kind of bigger and still have guys like Siakam and Lillard, uh, or Leonard, excuse me, on the floor and still have that, that uh, kind of space-killing size that's also really fast in transition. That might be their out, but I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be really tough in Game 3 to keep Gasol on the floor, especially like if they're down 2-0. They're definitely going to need to try new things and th- just start throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Definitely. Who do you think takes game one here? I think it's the Warriors. I think they're going to come out. There's going to be a moment where the the Raptors think they have them, and then the Warriors are going to go on like a 15-0 run. Like, like every, it's so predictable. Every third quarter, quarter, the Warriors have just this explosion that just comes out of nowhere. Like, the announcer's like, oh, Curry hasn't done anything in a while. Do you think this is where they really figure out how to guard him defensively? And then he hits two threes that are from, like, 37 feet. It's like, oh, never mind. He's fine. (laughs) But I think the second game is where they have a chance. But, yeah, that has been the case nonstop. And the Raptors always lose game one at home, it seems like. Yeah, that's that seems like it's it's almost created for, for Chalk. But I think game two they could have a real a real momentum shift and go into the Oracle one one. Yep. No, I, I agree. I think the Raptors will definitely get one at home here. Alright, before we head out here, 
Let, let's hear. What 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 are the Timberwolves? What do you think of them right now? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been happening. They have Ryan Saunders as the head coach, uh, nepotism team number one over here for the Timberwolves. Uh, they have a draft pick, but it's it's a meh draft pick. Uh, they have some really weird contracts, but they do have Carl Anthony Towns. They do have, in my opinion, one of the top 15 players in the NBA. And that that counts for something. Even if they're bad, even if they don't have a ton of cap space to, to use this summer, that counts for something. What do you think of the Timberwolves and how they're entering the summer? Yeah, first of all, I, I think they would have had a great shot at making the playoffs had everybody stayed healthy, especially Covington. Uh, I think it would have definitely been above 41 wins, um, which would have been a successful season, even if we didn't make the playoffs um, with all the dysfunction that was happening. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really like what we're doing in the front office. Huge fan of Gerson and Sasha. Um, that's big. I, I think the next moves, though, are be hiring the right assistant. Uh, for me, I, I, I really want to bring the whole country club back, honestly. <laughs> um, call me crazy. So we, we, already have, we already have our analytics guys. We got that covered. We got... Um, the guys on that are done with that, so we don't need to do much more there, in my opinion. Um, and that's I was really smart to go after those guys because the Timberwolves needed a change of culture in that regard. Um, I do like Ryan. Um, I definitely think um, he's going to be a great coach for the future. I just I wasn't a hundred percent sold on him. I personally said uh, his job should have been more about winning than it was um, and I, I really don't like how we went about the hiring process. I don't think we interviewed enough and necessarily the right coaches. Uh, I think we rushed things a little bit but I'm okay with it. I'm not really that angry about it. I just wish the process um, would have been a little differently. A little been, Would have been a little different um, but for me, like when I say country club Sam Mitchell's back on the market. All right, Kevin McHale is on the market. I'm, I'm serious. I want those guys on the bench next to Ryan. Um, I think they could bring an aspect that would be excellent. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I like it. I, I'm all in. Let's bring the whole the whole gang back. Let's do it. Let's let's bring everybody in, all those guys. And I couldn't agree with you more on the Saunders point. I've been saying this for a while, and people misinterpreted it as me saying that Saunders was the wrong hire. I don't necessarily think that's true, but it – you gotta show me that you've done your due diligence and yep. take till like June to hire somebody. Don't just hire Thank him right you. away. When they were talking about it, when Gerson was talking about it, he basically just said all the stereotypical things you say about a new head coaching hire, and then said, "And he's really good with the players." It's like, oh, that's why you hired him because the last head coach everybody hated, and this head coach right. everybody loves, and so you just went with the the hire that wasn't going to make any waves in the locker room because you've had a really turbulent locker room the last two or year and a half, two years, maybe even however long Tibbs was there. But that's the only just, that's really the only reason you rushed this was everybody liked him. Yep. This isn't going to make people angry. Just a safe play they went with, it seemed like. And especially, I, I'm okay with, with, like, the end decision being safe, but even the process, they just they just made it so safe. Like, who cares about Ryan Saunders' feelings at the end of this? All Ryan Saunders will care about is if he's the head coach. We went with all these revolutionary hires, like, um, we're changing as a organization for the first time ever, and then we 
go back to our old ways with the head coach position? Come on. Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. And, again, it's just about I, if two years from now this works out great, then that's fantastic. But if two years from now it's still kind of puttering along and it doesn't seem like it's working out, the one thing I'm going to be able to think about is, did we really do a great job hiring because it only took us a week to look at guys? And take that doubt out of my head. Just take that doubt out of my head. If you, if two years from now it's kind of puttering along, but we took a month and a half, it's like, you know what, let's stick with them. We really did our due diligence, did our homework. This is the guy. Just got to give him a chance. But they didn't do that, and so that's going to be in the back of my head if Saunders doesn't work out over the next year and a half, two years. Right. And the fact that um, having a great relationship with Wiggins was important, too, I really do not care about that. The relationship that should matter is Gerson being really motivated to get Wiggins the heck out of here. Let's have Wiggins get a better relationship <laughs> with trying. Let's have that be the relationship we're working there on. There we go. Is that effort and Wiggins. Words. Let's get those two together. Man, that's a violent word there. I, I, before that we head out... Suffocate I, the guy. I, I, don't, I don't want him to feel like he's not in a creative space where he can really explore himself. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least, at least our owner, Glenn Taylor, looked into his eyes and knew that this was worth it, so... I don't even know exactly. why I'm worried. Uh, he looked into the man's eyes. What more could you want? Definitely not tape. I definitely know that. Uh, or, or an agent, for that matter. Uh, speaking of that, there's like $18 million in cap space right now that the Timberwolves have. They've got some bad contracts. I mean, Gorgie's a bad contract. Teague is not, is not a great contract just because he's been so injured. You're, you're right. They're, I mean, especially their backcourt was just destroyed with injury last year. Uh, and now they're they're going to be coming in weak at backcourt. It looks like they might have already committed to like a power forward from Gonzaga as opposed to trying to find somebody to in the draft to help out that backcourt. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, but if you're looking at free agency in the Timberwolves, do they try and sell some pieces to get more cap space, or do you think they just try and get some get some guys to fashion around Covington? I mean, Covington is coming back, people. Let's not forget about that. And they have Towns. Just get somebody cheap in free agency and ride this out to like Teague and Gorgie are off the books. Yeah, I would do everything we can um, to get rid of Dang and Teague and um, see what the market is for Wiggins. Um, I, I really would. I mean, we don't have time to waste with Towns, um, especially in today's day and age where things are changing. And uh, Towns doesn't seem to be a guy that necessarily is really hard-headed about necessarily anything besides getting better which is great um and and that's like yeah i I really think he's committed to the organization but i'm not going to risk it and i don't really trust players necessarily on their word um until i talk to them in person or anything like that so um yeah I, i really think we need to move as quickly as we can um and uh I personally, I've always believed in Dang too. We just, I don't, I think he didn't get his opportunity early on, and we gave up on him too quickly. And um, I don't think it's, I think we're, it's dead now. And I, I think Ryan, um, I don't, I don't think Ryan has a chance really to rejuvenate him by any means. I think <laughs> he's dead. Um, but I, I do think we can move Teague and Wiggins. I think this is our last, last hope. And if we wait any longer. Um, I don't care if we even lose a little bit on the deal. I really, I really don't. Uh, but uh, that, that's my take. And 18 million, you really 
sparked my interest there because I didn't think we had even that much. <laughs> they've got like they've got the money for like two uh, poor man's Kent Bazemore's. That's what they got the money for. <laughs> Sign me up for that. I mean, shit. I uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better than nothing. I I. I don't think Gorgie's that bad, and so I think there's actually some teams that would actually be interested in him. The problem is, is I think the best version of the Timberwolves is a bunch of guys like Covington, Josh Okogie around Towns to really maximize the space. If you're throwing guys like Taj Gibson, Gorgie out there, you just you want Towns to have free reign of the paint and as much space as possible because he can. there's plenty of times where he can take it from the top of the key and run it down people's throats. And so he's not even starting out in the paint a lot of times, but it's better if that area is clear and give give guys space too. If Towns is at the top of the key, give guys like a coke, give guys like Wiggins space to just dash to the rim and be open for a pass. And so they're just not the the players that can fit into this system, into the new stage of the Timberwolves. And so that's why that's why you gotta move on from those kind of pieces. That's why I want them to draft a guard over somebody for the front court because those pieces, combo guards, are gonna be so much more important important for the Timberwolves for the next couple of years, I think, than forwards. And so that's that's the so, direction they got to move. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm way off base, though, on it. So who, who is that for you? Because for me, I do like the wings in the top of this draft. I just don't know if the ones I'd want would be around by the time our pick is ready. And for me, this draft being I, I don't think it's a very good draft overall, um, I think you got to go with best available. And the only guys that are solidified starters, in my opinion, are Towns and um, Covington and maybe Josh Okoge. I like Josh a lot. Um, still not 100% committed to him as a starter, but I definitely see him as a top seven player going forward for his career. Um, I'm, I'm that high on him, but <clears throat> I definitely see him and hope him to be a starter. Uh, but for me, I really like Brandon Clark, and I think he'd be a great fit next to Talent. Yeah, Brandon Clark would be I, I would be fine with. Uh, do you think PJ Washington will be available there as well? I, I think 100%. that. I think that he wouldn't be actually that terrible, I, but he can stretch the floor too. I think he'd be really good in transition. Oh, him and Talents would be excellent. I, I like PJ a lot. Like those are probably my top two picks, honestly, that are realistic. Um, especially I think P.J. can help Towns um, on the defensive side a lot, and I think P.J. is going to come into the league and be a very good defender immediately. I am also, maybe I'm too high on him, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. out of USC. I actually I like think that. he could be kind of, a, kind of a sneaky good combo <clears throat> guard, maybe not this year, but I think in the next couple of years uh, he, could get some, he could actually get some really good minutes uh, for the Timberwolves and be really good for them, and He's one of those guys, again, where I think he can fit into that Josh Okogie mold where he really doesn't need to have the ball. But you can also, like, switch it up and run a couple possessions through him. And I, I don't know. I really like him. That said, I, I've seen him mocked out all over the place. I've seen people have him taken. I think I saw a Yahoo draft where he was getting taken, like, eighth. And I've seen plenty of drafts where he's, like, 20th. And so right. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm just really high on him or and I'm off base or people are sleeping on him a little bit. I got I to gotta definitely watch a little more tape on him to make a, a more clear decision. I like P.J. Washington for sure, but I, I like Porter a lot as well. Yeah, so it sounds like we're pretty much on the same board there. Like I'm very high. I, I think I would take um, Porter Jr. in my top 10, not top, top 15 for sure. Um, but, yeah, I've seen him definitely in the 20s for sure. Um my problem with Porter is, though, 
Um, I think he needs to be on a team that he's going to get minutes early and often, and I don't know. I don't know where the situation for him there. I don't think he's going to be a very good defender um, for at least a couple of years, if if ever. And his shot is going to take some time. Um, where there's guys that are ready to shoot the ball right now. I mean, Jeff Teague has a scheduled injury on December uh, like 12th, <laughs> and Derrick Rose is going to be gone, and Tyus Jones is the really only viable other guard they have. So, I mean, he, he, there's potential where he get, actually could get minutes. Okay. I mean, yeah, let's play him at the one. I'm good with it. Let's do it. Let's try it out. I, I don't know. Let's see. I, I mean, let's just force him into the combo guard role right away. I'm, I'm all in. Let's try out a bunch of different stuff. I, I, I'm i 100% in for going faster. Let, let's just go really fast because I think that's where you burn teams is they're like, oh, my gosh, they're going fast and up-tempo and Towns is out there and he's just fine running around. This is this sucks. I'm arguably, I'm arguably the biggest Jeff T critic out there, so – um, I would be very, very, very happy and comfortable if somebody um, named Ryan Saunders had, had balls big enough to put Kevin Porter Jr. at our point guard spot right away. I would, I would let Jeff Teague just rot away on our bench for 19 mil if I had to. <laughs> just, just let him just go to waste. Just don't care. Yes. I don't yeah. mind. It. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, uh, I found out, I found out that Jeff Teague's middle name is. DeMarco, and that totally changed my opinion of him. I don't know if that's wrong or not, but that it's such a badass middle name that I, I have so much more confidence in him this year, and maybe it's oh, irrational. Oh, badass. I, I think that's a terrible middle name. DeMar- are you kidding me? DeMarco T, <laughs> taking the flower. I love it. It's fantastic. It's a great middle name. I, I think it, it elevates him by at least two or three more points on the player efficiency rating. Uh, and, and I'm all in for DeMarco Teague. I don't know who Jeff Teague is, but I'm all in for DeMarco Teague. Uh, and this does not fit. <laughs> Jeffrey DeMarco Teague. What? It's the first name that messes it up. That's why the middle name is so great, because it, it, it draws so much more clout to the name if you just drop the first name. Yeah, no doubt. I think I'd rather have DeMarco Jeffrey Teague. <laughs> Absolutely. You can lose the middle name, but losing a great middle name is a travesty. And I think that's a little bit what happened. I think that I think you can attribute some of the bad career path decisions to this entire name dilemma that Jeff has been going through. I mean, Demarco. I apologize. It's Demarco Teague. Demarco <laughs> Teague, everyone. Uh, Zach, before we head out here, go ahead and plug your show. Yep, four seasons, four SZNS. Uh, normally release one or two a week. We just released one uh, with Myers Leonard and Xavier uh, Xavier Silas. Um, Myers Leonard. Went in deep to his magical playoff run uh, with the Blazers. I mean, we basically covered 50 minutes of um, just really in depth. He went through the highs and lows of his career. Um, Xavier Silas, um, ex-NBA player, G-leaguer, he basically talks about his new camp of the top 150 prospects, worked at the Combine. Um, a lot of fun. I think people would enjoy our show. And then you can find me on Twitter. Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E, and really appreciate you having me on, Colton. Of course, it was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again around the draft, so when the Timberwolves take Bull Bull, we can both just jump off a cliff together. All right, down. <laughs> Missions. <laughs> and make sure you're subscribing to the Locked On Wolves podcast. Make sure you're going and checking out the Locked On NBA podcast as well for all of your 
NBA updates. We're getting to the finals, so make sure you're not missing anything. Thank you, as always, for listening to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.